this higher education baby learning with no ceilings and we cold chilling and we world building it's a dope feeling this is for the whole village and if you got the will baby you can roll with us once we welcome to the wonderful world of yazi podcast i am your host yazi shout out to my boy mac from smack talk productions for helping and putting on all of this on the editing the filming all of that the shit that i've spent honestly the past uh several years just thinking i could do in my head and being so anxious about doing it. and i said i'd rather actually not and there's somebody who is really skilled at this and would love to help me so thank you for loving and loving me i love the fuck out of you like i say every single episode he's one of the most amazing fucking human beings you could ever meet out here so shout out to just being fucking real and genuine human being that's smack talk productions baby so Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm going to turn this down a little bit because it looks like I'm kind of screaming on there. Let me see now. Okay, that looks much, much better on the levels. It was looking crazy. It might be a little wild on that first part. My bad, y'all. Yeah, I get a little, get a little excited. So we just going to get right into this shit. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to let y'all know. I'm going to get a mic stand probably, see, after episode like seven or eight. Because I need to be able to move my hands and, you know, really just get get in my bag bag of how I move. And holding this goddamn mic is really fucking obnoxious sometimes. So we're going to get that together and we just, you know, we're going we gonna to upgrade. But let's get into it. This episode is going to be dedicated to uh, my brain and I am ADHD. And so I like to delve into just a whole bunch of different conversations at the same time i'm not gonna do that with myself because that's kind of crazy if i do interject on myself it may be because it like reminded me of something but i'm gonna hopefully refrain from doing that because um, i don't want to sound crazy <laughs> but sometimes my fellow adhd people y'all know how 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 we be so this is dedicated to you know what i'm saying us and kind of our uh just thought pattern if uh, you vibe with it. So I'm going to be talking about just a various subjects. Uh, it's going to be a lighter episode because I've been getting pretty heavy uh, the past couple ones. So I want to, you know, just uh, keep it a little more balanced. Uh, I don't want y'all thinking I'm just, you know, preaching, preachy, preacher sin. And I'm saying I uh, also like really, really uh, brainless shit sometimes, just like everybody else. So, uh, First brainless shit I like is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is easily one of the most disgraceful uh, excuses for a professional athlete I've ever, ever, ever experienced, seen, heard, watched in my whole entire existence as a human being. That's not disrespectful. That is just a pure fact. Listen, just on paper, on paper, easily the most elite, elite scorer of all time. Every level, he's a three-way scorer. Uh, on defense, when he actually really does try, he he can give you some some quality quality uh, defensive possession simply just because of his length. Um, I'm not gonna pause. I'm going to resume. Resume. I know y'all motherfuckers out there be all pausey and shit. I'm gonna say pausey shit a lot. I'm not gonna pause it. We always gonna resume. So anyway. Um, KD on paper, uh, easily one of the most skilled and talented 
might be the most elite scorer of all time. Overall player, you know, he's up there. Skill-wise, skill-wise, only skill. But this dude cannot be any, like, like, more of a weirdo that I've ever seen in my life. So let's get, let's start off with something off the court. All right. I got a question for everybody. I I'm, I, I forgot who it was, but there's this uh, dude. He's really funny. He does these like Instagram, like uh, interviews and not interviews, but all of his contents on Instagram. And he does these like breakdowns and like uh real, real, like in-depth investigations of like a uh, shit. So, he did this investigation on KD, and that investigation led him to find out what porn star he went on a date with to another date. So I don't care what nobody say. That is not player. That is not cool to bring a date on a date. Just in case that date don't fuck with you, that you got an option easily and readily available. That is grade A weirdo shit. Not only that, like you didn't bring like a like a like a per, like a person you were truly dating. You brought a like a sex worker that you're not dating. Like you hired a sex worker to come on a date with you, just in case the date didn't go your way. So you still won. That's some crazy motherfucking shit. That is a huge, huge judgment and showing of um character. <clears throat> Next, he has never, ever, ever been a leader. I always say this. KD, you are not a leader. He's never been a leader. But he puts himself in these positions and likes to speak in ways that leaders speak, but... We can start out with Oklahoma. Um, he was clearly the best player on that team, but that was Westbrook's team. He did not have the courage and the heart to really let Westbrook know, hey, hey, you can feel all the ways you feel, but this is my shit. I am Kevin Durant. Now, there's nothing wrong with not being like that, but you can't act like that. Just can't act like you are because then when you get 3-1 you up 3-1 and then the Warriors come back and beat your ass you go to that same team that is not what leadership does leadership does not go to what is cooking the hottest and go and join the fucking hot kettle a leader literally cultivates all of the amazing things around them and they see the innate skills and talents in each one of those people around them. And then they inspire and encourage them in each unique and specific way that those people listen. And they absorb information and how to bring the best up out of them to whatever goal that y'all are trying to reach. That is true leadership. Stephen Curry. Great example of pure leadership. LeBron James, great example of pure leadership. Kevin Durant, you couldn't 
say Westbrook, this is my team. Then you go and follow Stephen Curry in a 73-win team. And then you do wild shit because Draymond Green lets you know, we don't need you. You can get out of here. We don't need you on this team to get these chips. And goddamn, just let time go by and woo-wee. It's true. We don't need you, KD, to win no goddamn championships. You know who we won with? We won with Gary Payton Jr. and Harrison Barnes giving quality finals minutes. And ain't you know Kevin Durant? That was just that was just icing on the cake. That was just extra. You give them anybody in the vein who's just a hinge better than Harrison Barnes, and they sweeping the Cavaliers in that year. Did y'all know that Harrison Barnes in that finals went like 11? It was like, it was 9% from three point. I saw him miss open threes after open three that would have just come. If he made like two or three of them, it changes the whole, whole, whole entire game. They didn't need a Kevin Durant. They just needed a Wiggins. Not to say Wiggins ain't cold, but you ain't ain't all that. So you get to exactly see he had to go and follow. He had to go and chase that. He couldn't build and cultivate by himself. You now get to see the example of when he takes his ass to Brooklyn, right? In Brooklyn, you get to really see the ash. Scaly, real scaly. Number one, I'm not listening to nobody who don't moisturize. How am I listening to you and you don't even care about yourself? Your shit cracking and bleeding is so dry. I'm and I'm supposed to listen to you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You not leading shit with me. Next, you go and try to do your. You're a little LeBron thing. You try to be, you know, le, not not le GM, uh, ca, ca, ca GM, the GM. You try to be the GM. You get Kyrie. Shout out Brother Ree. We actually fucks with Brother Ree heavily around these parts. We love Brother Ree. Um, I don't have any critiques, negative critiques for Brother Ree. I love watching him go through his uh, journey of self-exploration and learning about himself and his culture. And I think it's a beautiful sight to see uh, somebody in the actual, like, true primes of their career just sacrifice for their just true own beliefs. Uh, it's something very rare in these days of, like, people in those realms to really stand on their shit. That's leadership qualities. Now, Kyrie isn't, to me, to me personally, isn't really a on-the-court really good leader. Uh, just because he just proven in Boston, he tries to do too much uh, forceful leadership rather than like organic, natural energy. You feel, you know, you feel I am the leader. And then now I'm going to naturally, you know, progress into that role. Just way too aggressive with I am the leader. I am the leader that that's not good qualities of leadership for the basketball court. But off the court, Kyrie shows immense, immense, great fucking leadership in the community and all of the ph philanthropic philanthropic things that he does for indigenous and black people. He's truly, truly a great, great, great human being. We fuck with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving out here. Shout out Brother Reed. Brother Reed. So <laughs> I just heard what you said. <laughs> Yeah, like Boston, hey, they was they was racist against my guy. I mean, just bottom line. I mean, 
It it did suck, and he he wasn't going for it. You know what I'm saying, y'all saw even when they was in the playoffs when oh we get to let's we hey all right I can't bring that up yet because the season ain't even started. We ain't just we ain't we ain't even got to Brooklyn yet. We ain't even got to Brooklyn yet. All right, all right, all right. See, that's the ADHD. That's the ADHD. Yeah, oh oh to the ADHD. Let's go. Oh, so motherfucking, you get Kyrie. You get DeAndre Jordan. Who else you get? I forgot who the – I think that was the – I think that's the first ones. The team is – oh, you had Spencer Dinwiddie. You had uh, Karis LeVert. Yeah. Is that right? Or did they all get traded? No, no, no. You had all that. You had all them. You had a whole entire stack lineup, right? KD, your leader. What happens? Oh, man. It's not going too well for Harden. KD and Harden are real good friends. They really, really wants to play together. Oh, James Harden, come on and play. KD gets the fucking GM to completely excavate the entire fucking basketball team for James Harden. Who hasn't proven to do anything in this league except be able to be a scoring machine, but also a black hole? Them scores don't turn into into dubs, into wins. Literally, why are you getting rid of all that crazy, amazing depth on your basketball team for one fucking player? It's because KD is your leader, and KD wanted that. It's a reflection of your leader. Now we get to see. Uh, I'm not going to blame Kyrie Irving for none of this shit because it's some dumbass shit because now nobody actually gives a fuck about no infectious diseases no more. The U.S. government is actually just started doing shit about monkeypox. But guess what? You ask any of the scientists that they, you know, were supposed to listen to, we're actually beyond the point of containment that is just going to really, really run rampant and, and, and affect everybody. Who cares about this? Who actually cares? You know, Nobody. Nobody. So it's really crazy how Brother Ree was treated during that whole time. Aaron Rodgers was at the same time playing fucking football and being talked about for MVP talks, but also was not vaccinated as well. What is the difference, you see? The media was calling him all types of stupid, all types of crazies. Kyrie Irving literally said nothing except this. I would like to wait more time to make a better decision of what I'm going to put in my body. Aaron Rodgers lied. He said he, he said, he didn't say he got the vaccine. He said he got immunities. The NFL was like, okay, we accept that as you got vaccinated. No, he didn't. But he's lauded and applauded and not fucking torn down. He's actually like, oh man, what Stephen A. Smith, he's a bad man. And on the other note, he over there calling Kyrie an idiot and stupid. Now they want to use all of this shit because you get to see the Green Bay Packers ain't have none of that drama that Aaron Rodgers was causing with the team and all this turmoil, right? But just because Kyrie is in New York, now he's not a good teammate. Now he don't care about basketball. Now he don't care about humanity and human life and all of this. But the white football player, the quarterback, the discount, double check over there doing the same thing. And that energy ain't being maintained. So you get to just see in real time how people are just full of shit. And they just let their inherent racism run over and spill over. 
And so now you got him taking the whole foot front and blame of the Nets not working. I understand that he's not the leader. That is Kevin Durant's team. If Kyrie on that court or Kyrie not on that court, that's your team to get motherfucking together. I don't want to hear you supposed to be the best player in the motherfucking world. Get your motherfucking team in line and in order. You got enough motherfucking bodies on this team to do something. But you not. Kyrie now, you know, he come back. He able to play some games. Damn. Still not really working out. How come you and you and Brother Reed not really meshing on the court? It's not looking right. You fast forward to the playoffs. This is going to get Mac all super excited. It was a good memory for him. It was a good, very, very good time for him. It's a great time for me, too, because I was laughing my ass off. In what realm? In what realm can a player, I won't say he's at his prime, but he's just, he, he's, he's in the latter end of his prime. KD is. You telling me on what universe is it acceptable for that caliber player you call him the best player in the world to be swept in the first round? In what realm is that acceptable? Oh, I ain't never heard of that ever in my life. That's the craziest shit I ever heard in my life. And... Dumbass motherfuckers like Skip Bayless uh, say, well, LeBron didn't even make the... Nigga, LeBron is 87 years old. He entered the league 45. He's been in the league like about 42 years. He's an elder. He shouldn't even be truly, truly for his age and how many years he's put... We shouldn't even be talking about dude in even top 10s. Just the even the fact that he's in the discussion for top 10 player in the league is insane. He should not be. He old as hell. KD, you in the arguably the latter end of your prime. You should be that nigga. You should be the one that everybody is scared of. They scared to come through you. Ain't nobody scared of you. They see that your ankles are too 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 fragile. They see that Achilles just snaps too easy. That might have been a little bit distasteful. I might take that one back. That was kind of funny. Now I'll take that one back. That was fucking hilarious. I bet you if he would have lotioned up that before that game, I guarantee you that would have gave him some more elasticity to his legs and his skin, and I bet you his Achilles wouldn't have snapped. Moisturize. It can prevent your Achilles from snapping. That's not from the doctor. I don't even know where I learned that. I think I just made that up, but I heard that somewhere, I think. Nah, nah, that's a, that's a, that's a good note. Moisture up, and you can prevent injuries. Oh, that would be actually wonderful if he if he did that. Oh, I'm aware. I <laughs> he shoots up and he's just standing there. Yo, the fuck is you? Listen, you not Bron. Bron can do that because Bron he he'll do that for a couple of plays and be like, all right, I'm going to chase down, block your ass because you just pissed me off. And he just comes from you already under the rim. He's at half court. You put the shot up and you look. How the fuck did that up? The fuck is going on? KD, he used to do that. You know what I'm saying? I think the Achilles injury actually did uh, did did affect him on defense now that I think about it. But now back to the, the conversation of just being a sad, sad, sad excuse for uh, the best, quote-unquote, best player in the league. You got, if you can see my shirt, right? Shout out to Frico. This the, this my, who I personally believe right now, this is the best player in the entire league right now, second to Stephen Curry. 
they're going to have to knock my boy Stephen Curry out. They're going to have to knock that light-skinned greatness out. But the conversation right now currently does not, to me, involve Kevin Durant in the slightest of talking about the best player in the league. It's either Curry or it's Giannis. Those are the two. They dominate in such different ways that obviously you can't compare them, but they dominate nonetheless. They completely take over. Those teams are their teams. Stephen Curry has a person like Draymond Green on their team with that type of personality, and guess what? His leadership gets him in line. Not many people can do that with a personality like Draymond Green. Stephen Curry's greatness of play and demeanor and the way that he goes about his leadership. He goes about it by an example. Come on, you see what I'm doing? Get Come on, you see I'm running with you? Let's get it. It's he leads by example. And then he might have to give you a couple words here and there. But that's, that's, that's not, he don't have to. That's not how he has to lead because the way that he leads is extremely effective for the team around him. He understands what it truly means to be a leader. Giannis as well. Giannis is honestly such a brilliant player because he don't need to score fucking 50 points. If his coach tells him, Giannis, yo, I really, uh, I'm, I'm going to just need Chris to go ham tonight and I'm going to need you to try to get me 20 rebounds and if you can give me like seven, eight blocks. I'm saying that that'd be wonderful. Giannis say, oh, I bet. I got you, coach. And guess what that, guess what he's going to do? He's obviously the best player on that motherfucking team. But showing that example that he will utilize himself in any fucking position that he's just needed to be the most effective for the whole entire team to win is fucking true leadership. There ain't none of these instances and no examples that I'm bringing up in true leadership that you can ever say about Kevin Durant. It's just not possible. It's ashy. It's fucking lame responding to Baroque people on fucking Twitter and shit. It's 2022. And what we know about classism and all that. And you actually, we know you got money. You, We know your contract. We see it. We know you got to deal with Nike. You actually talking to regular human beings calling them broke. How insecure of a loser can you possibly be? Why are you even interacting with broke people if you feel that way? It's because you broke in spirit. You will always be a bum and a broke boy because your spirit is poor. You can have all the money in the world. But you are a broke, broke boy. And you ashy. Ugh. Put on some lotion, motherfucker. So that's my Kevin Durant fucking take. I'm not a fan. Uh, I think he's extremely corny in every aspect of corn. Um... Yeah, I have fun with that. That's I also love talking uh, shit about sports. Um, this is a random hot take I want y'all to take. Drew Holiday is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and motherfuckers be sleeping on Drew Holiday, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There has uh, arguably not been a better two-way guard in the same time span as him. He's just been truly, utterly disrespected. But shout out to fucking Drew Holiday. I believe you a first uh, ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta shoot, shout out the people who motherfuckers don't really fuck with, but who are really like that. Drew Holiday really really like that. Um, yeah. Now we gonna get to this weed smoking because I need to get a 
toot it up from the next ADHD segment because we're going to get into some fucking One Piece and some anime and some fucking Luffy. So uh, let me go hit this shit. Fucking, that was, I just felt really, really corny for doing that. I just felt really, really stupid. I can't wait till y'all see that. Because this is why I have so much fun with this. Because, like, I get to actually, like, be myself. And y'all get to see, like, damn, this thing is kind of fucking weird. Holy shit. I, I rock out with him being like that. Like, yeah, I am. That's how I am. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. So I'm just feeling it. I might look cool. Probably not. I'm just gonna be like, I'm just. I'll be cringing to myself sometimes. Like, why do people like you, man? You just be out here looking crazy, man. Relax. <laughs> but anyway, let me get high real quick. We are gonna be back in about uh, ten minutes. Let me get high. Shout out to Tribe Foundation. Every last Sunday of the month, we have a Tribe Drive, the official Tribe Drive. It's located in Piat Park, right across the street from the Cincinnati Library. It's where we have a uh, needs party for anybody who needs uh, food, hygiene, goods, uh, shoes, uh, or just uh, people to show that they care about them. Um, and that's every last Sunday of the month that's presented by the Tribe Foundation. Uh, we are always open to donations. We need uh, blankets, clothes, uh, any types of food sources that you have, uh, any donations that you possibly have. Just reach out to the Tribe Foundation website. Uh, we would appreciate it greatly. And that's the Tribe Drive every last Sunday of the month. About to take this motherfucking bong grip and start to talk about some goddamn anime in One Piece just for a little bit, because uh, that's the vibes we on. But uh, as you can see, we have this beautiful sovereignty piece. I have the time to actually introduce uh, the uh, preferred glassware I like, um, sovereignty. The claim to fame that they had and the reason why uh, I like them the most is because they are the first uh, like popular uh, glass making company to make it uh, with one connected uh, hinge and one uh, connected stem. So traditionally in I like bongs and beakers and all of those, you have a down stem where you have to take a actual like almost like a tube out and then you put this slide you put that in the tube, and then that's how the piece works. But how uh, this works, it's all one conjoined piece, if you can if you can see it. And so this one in particular, there's many different perks. These are, that's what they're called, percolators. Um, and what percolators do is they diffuse the smoke and they cool it. And so this one in particular, um, this one is called an imperial uh, peyote pillar. Um, not is it imperial? No, I think it's just a peyote pillar. Might be imperial. We'll just call it peyote pillar for now because that's definitely what it is. So we have one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have eight of these uh, cylinders, and they're pretty long. So what those cylinders do when the smoke goes through those cylinders, um, they're gonna have eight different um, ways to cool the smoke. 
And so that's one of the biggest, like, coolest functions of these pieces is that you actually get to get a smooth and cool hit. What happens at this base, so this is an, um, that's why I called it Imperial. It's just a peyote pillar. So this, if you just take this bottom one um, and you flip it and just isolate it, it would be an Imperial perk. Um, but it's just basically like a crown. Um, it's like a like a chess piece crown. And there's one, two, three, four, five. I think there's like seven or eight holes in each one, in each slit. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six. I think there's 10 to 12 slits in there. So what that does is that makes all of the air bubbles as soon as they come down. Now they're diffusing in that many different tiny bubbles. And those tiny bubbles are now going to shoot up into the eight tubes. And then once they get to the eight tubes, now they're going to have time to rumble up in here. And so this particular piece is going to get smooth. And then actually it's going to get chuggy. And it's going to actually kind of be toilet bowl bully is what i say and so that's why i like it because you get the smoothness you get the terps you get the flavors but then you also get that mm, you get that nice little smack attack that i personally uh i'm looking for when i'm i'm smoking my bongs um so yeah let's get this rip going real quick i'm about to uh i'm about to mute this real quick Okay, I almost fucked up. So whenever you're using whenever you're using these pieces, I almost fucked up. You want to take the slide out and give it a test hit. The reason you want to do that because you want to see how how much you want to hit it um, at what level because if not, you will get a bunch of water in your mouth and that's happened to me so many times and bong water is fucking trifling. So make sure you always want to take that first. That's a water level we like. We can handle that. All right. Let's get to it. Shout out to my brother, Measy. We do a three. We do a two. We do a one. No one. -er. God damn. 
That just roasted me. Holy shit. All right. So, uh, let's talk about some fucking anime. While I am nice and roasty McDosty. So, I want to show off my tattoo. Let's see what? I'll show it off to every camera. This one. That one. And this one. To the people listening on the DSPs, I apologize. You can't see it, but it is a Luffy hat. Luffy is a character on a anime called One Piece. Um, One Piece is the longest running anime of all time and manga of all time. Um, I think it started in the 70s and then picked back up in the 90s. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, I will find the history on that. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the Kush, not the COVID. And so I personally, uh, I got the Luffy tattoo because I was lucky enough to embark on the One Piece journey on the debut episode on Toonami. It was late night Toonami, and they played four episodes back to back of the like the first four episodes. And I got lucky enough because I didn't have cable. And so I was able to, uh, it was during spring break, and I would go to my grandma's house up in Dayton every spring break and spend a week up there. And I would of course, I'd stay up all night because I had cable, so I'm watching everything. And so, <coughs> the Kush. And so I luckily was like on the weekend on that Saturday, right before I went home, that's when they debuted it. And I was so motherfucking geeked. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like, I was just enthralled by the story as soon as I saw it. That was the anime that opened me up into, uh, like, Naruto. And then I started getting into deeper animes. Uh, you know, Attack on Titan, fucking Overlord, um, shit like that. Um, but before that, I was just like everybody else, just like Gundam and Dragon Ball Z. Just, just the regular shit. And then what One Piece did... Yeah, that, you see that a fucking dragon. <laughs> and so what One Piece did for me, like just in reflection as an adult, and why I specifically got this tattoo is because in the story of One Piece, Luffy is a character that um he's a pirate. So the story of One Piece is he's a pirate and he's in search of One Piece. And this dude named Gold Roger left the ultimate treasure for pirates, and he left it in this place, and it's called One Piece. And that made this whole entire world and start the pirate era. So people became fucking pirates, and they set and embarked on uh, the journey for the One Piece. And uh, Luffy is such a unique character uh, because he truly don't give a fuck about nothing but his people. And, like, it's so cool because it's pirates in a good light. They pirate the rich, and they literally give back to the poor. It's it's a Robin Hood, Jesus-type, you know, adaptation, uh, elongated story, which I love those stories. I love the stories of the underprivileged taking what is rightfully theirs and redistributing it how it should be redistributed. And that shit is hard. And him in particular... Um, he goes through a lot of journeys and trials, specifically with the um, 
quote unquote, like rulers of the world, which is just the ruling class and the elite. And he does things to them, which you're not allowed to do. You're not supposed to do, but he can't control himself when he sees something foul happening to just regular good people. He don't care who you is. He going to do something about it. And that's just something really, really that just sparks in me that something in me, like my whole life, I've always got in trouble for just speaking up and just injustices in front of my face that I've seen that I just can't go with and I've always gotten in trouble for it and it's something that I can really 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 truly relate to and in the most recent episode it's really cool because I'm not going this is a huge this is a spoiler if you are not caught up don't listen to this if you're not caught up don't listen to this if you don't get caught up don't listen to this for about 60 seconds close your ears close your ears but he is reincarnated as this ancient ancient dude named joy boy and joy boy ends up being like truly like the incarnation of of happiness and and love and ultimate honestly just like power but power through just like love and he gains these really really crazy cool abilities and the battle is absolutely insane i'm not gonna tell you who, you, who he battles i'm not gonna give all the spoilers but how he has grown it's really cool too because this whole entire series is truly a story of seeing a generation truly grow up and that's why I love how long this particular anime is because when it started off like they like they 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 like they age slowly but they like age with us like with the times and so it's a really really cool time mark to see the story of us grow up it's a it's turned into a story of literally a physical now battle of millennials versus boomers where there's a sprinkle of gen xers who are really pouring into the millennials in order to help help with the mission and then you even under them you have like your quote-unquote like you know your gen xers but it's really really cool representation of power pool of getting to see how resistant the older generation, how they will really not give up power, but how we are coming and how we are here. So it's a really, really cool kind of just like allegory on just like how this isn't just happening in America. This is a whole world thing. It's happening across the world where millennials, a uh, 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 theory I like to have is about us millennials is what our impact on what they'll remember us for in history. What I believe our whole entire point is to be the chaos bringers. And in that, that can sound like a bad thing. But chaos means just revealing the truth, tearing down the fucking absolute ridiculous shades that they, they've had up, not going for the dumb shit. And we are not saviors as a generation. We're not here to honestly like we're here to break those generational curses. But in those breaking generational curses, it causes chaos. So we are not the healers. We are the ones to bring chaos. And we are now the ones who have to not become the boomers. And we have to actually guide and lead the next generation like we were not. And that is the true thing of, of millennials is to now just... We've created a world of chaos, so now the next generation, 
we just got to hope and carve them to not even carve them, just lead them and guide them to what they naturally want to do, but support them to help carve the world in a better fucking image. Cause it's not up to us. It's always going to be up to the youth to carve the fucking future. And that is why the game is fucked up. Cause around the world, all these old ass motherfuckers, they just cannot relinquish power. But that shit is dead, and it's so cool in the anime to be able to see them really cool to pick that in such an entertaining and, like, in-depth way, especially with, like, all of the characters and the years that they go through it and the characters that come back, and you see how they fucking changed and maybe been revolutionized or colonized. Like, it's really, really just, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful fucking representation of just the entire state of the world as far as generation go as far as the the pulls are going so i really 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 truly fuck with it and that's really cool because i didn't expect to go on that adhd tangent about fucking uh, societal goddamn shit so that that's why i really really want to just dedicate this episode to kind of not really a focus just kind of talking shit about you know kd because I got to say, when he was in Oklahoma, me and my boy Caleb, I I used to actually rock with KD when he was in Oklahoma. I really wanted him and Westbrook to get one. But when he left uh, Oklahoma, I just could not – I couldn't deal with it no more. It was just I had to see him for who he is, just the incarnation of Ash. Ash. So – yeah shout out to all y'all for fucking tapping in and listening man i fucking love y'all this has been the wonderful world of yazi you know what time it is shout out to smack talk productions shout out to jay hill for the theme song to the wonderful world of yazi podcast you might mess around and learn something Open your eyes, homie It's a colorful world that I see I see It's unusual air that I breathe I breathe It's always going up wherever I be I be But it's so much to discover Beyond the beyond the beyond It's a puzzling world It's a different life It's an interesting world with Yazi Yazi It's a difficult world Still a beautiful life It's the wonderful world of Yazi 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 Yazi